Hello everyone and welcome back to the K-Coaching Podcast where we discuss all things health, fitness and mindset. On today's episode we have the lovely Michelle Carroll who's a body image and nutrition coach. She has a master's in exercise and sports nutrition and is currently doing a PhD in clinical psychology. Michelle specializes in body image and I just was literally just saying to her before I got before the podcast started I was like I cannot wait to get you on to just talk all things body image the ins and outs and I do think everyone will need to hear this so Michelle do you want to give us a quick introduction and then we can get into it yeah so that's kind of basically my entire career overview already um but basically I primarily work as an online coach coaching body image and educating other coaches about body image body image I think is something that's really really important to me personally it helped me on my own journey and it's helped so many of my clients body image is something that I just think is absolutely pivotal to anybody trying to further their health for long-term results mostly because it's worked for me and all of my clients and also because it's so poorly understood like most of us think that body image is just what it looks or just what you look like or you know it's like what I thought for ages was that it was like woo woo like fairy kind of like we'll all hold hands and love our bodies always and that kind of stuff so the more I kind of find found out about body image and I started to research into it, I did a study on disordered eating and body image as part of my master's. And that was kind of just opened the floodgates for research for me. And the more I learn about it, the more I'm convinced that everybody needs it, because even just applying a fragment of some of the body image research can really give long lasting behavior change in clients. And I just think it's absolutely vital for coaches. Yeah, 100%. Um, Michelle, like that's absolutely incredible but like I was the exact same with body image I was like how what I couldn't understand was like how could my body my body image was in the bin when I was the leanest I ever was and like when I was severely underweight and I was like engaging in all these like disordered behaviors in order to maintain that size and I was like well how is my body image going to improve if I put on weight like I was like just you know it's kind of it was kind of the thing I was damned if I do and I was damned if I didn't and it just got to a point where like it was so unsustainable and I felt so horrific that I was like okay well if I still feel horrific at least I'll be like eating food which is so sad looking back but it's it's the truth but just to peel it back like what actually is body image like what there's four I'm pretty sure there's four concepts to body image but do you want to just like talk us through what it is and what they are Michelle because those people just think body image and then it's like looking in the mirror and it's when I feel shit and when when I not when it's when I don't feel shit yeah and that's kind of a common misperception that people have so most people have a fundamental understanding of one of the concepts of body image and that is being happy with how you look or not but that's obviously just a tiny part of body image. So there's loads of different ways that researchers have tried to like define body image. But one of the most popular and kind of, I think the one that gives the biggest, best overview, I suppose, is this concept of body image as being divided into four components. So you have your cognitive body image. So these are like thoughts and beliefs that you have about your body, your shape, your weight. And then following on from that, you have behavioral body image. So behavioral body image are like the habits and actions that you carry out in response to the cognitive beliefs that you have about your body. So this might be you feel really uncomfortable in your body or you think your legs are too big or something. So you start chronic dieting, you start overtraining and then you kind of have so you have perceptive body image. So this is kind of very broad and this is kind of most people's understanding of body image. It's kind of just generally how you feel about your body. 
And then you have effective body image, which is something that most people don't really consider. So your effective body image is the emotions that you feel in response to all of these things about your body. So this is feeling disgusted, feeling uncomfortable, feeling satisfied with certain parts of your body. So these are just like four completely different components of body image that all interact together. So it's just not really that simple to say that body image is just what you look like, because again, that's only a tiny part of it. 100% and like once it's broken down it can be really like you know mind-blowing for someone to be like oh my god like I can see that certain parts happen like emotionally or certain parts happen like behaviorally or whatever it is and I know when it was broken down for me I could really understand like I'm doing these behaviors because of xyz you know it does make it that bit easier when you are going through it to understand that that's a little bit more so that's super super helpful and another thing that I want to chat about Michelle was the effects chronic dieting has on our body which because I think we live in a world unfortunately I don't know is it because we're um coaches in body image and like improving people's relationship with food that we get an influx of people obviously who are looking for help but I just think we live in a world where diet culture is like still speaking like it's obviously getting better with having coaches like us but like it definitely still is like I just even from conversations I've been having with girls my age and I don't know are you the same or like still listening to people like even who I'm not coaching and talking about like you know diets and foods of good and bad and how they feel awful in themselves and they need to lose weight and I'm just like looking at them and there's literally like you know no need at all so yeah the effects chronic dieting and this constant chronic dieting is basically yo-yo dieting like all the time it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be like severely under eating or over exercising um, it just means that you felt like you were constantly on a diet or constantly wanting to be on a diet as well so for some time and the effect that can have on our body image Michelle do you want to like explain like the effect that can have yeah for sure so chronic dieting in terms of people constantly restricting their food intake or changing their food intake with the goal of changing your appearance or your body weight I suppose is kind of one of the main drivers of negative body image um again like people can diet for a certain length of time and it may not necessarily impact their body image but if you're someone that has always believed that being a certain weight or a certain shape or being how you looked when you were younger will fix you. Again, these are kind of negative beliefs that reinforce the importance of aesthetics. And for people that can be very, very hard to separate themselves from. And again, when it comes down to like to a basic like physiological response. So if you are chronically under fueling or under eating, you are naturally going to be more preoccupied with food. And this is like a survival mechanism because your brain thinks you're starving because you're not feeding your brain with enough food to keep it alive. So obviously you are going to be more food focused. You are going to be more conscious of your body because again, this is your body feeling that it's under threat. Like your body is conditioned to believe that there's a threat to life, a threat to survival. So in terms of keeping you safe, while you may not necessarily like it because it means that you're more likely to overeat or pick your body apart. Again, this is just a reminder that your body is not built for yo-yo dieting. Your body is trying to keep you safe and bring you back to home. But what a lot of the pe- what a lot of people misinterpret that is is that they're a failure and that they can't stick to it and that there's something fundamentally wrong with their brain or themselves that they can't stick to this diet or they're always just like predestined to pick themselves apart or their bodies 
But actually, there's so much more to it than that. And trying to change your body constantly for the sake of believing that once you get like we all had this dream body or like body goals, the peak fitspo culture. And a lot of people believe, myself included when I was younger, that if I got this dream body, that nothing bad would ever happen to me again. It was like the six pack at the end of the rainbow, you know, it was like, I'm yeah. going to be this six figure coach in Dubai. I'm going to be happy. Yeah. Like I'm going to have this, I'm going to be get what a Hemsworth, do you know? I was like, we yeah, can't just Oh, I was ready. I was yeah. like, sack off, yeah. Miley Cyrus, I'm there. <laughs> Love that. Um, but again, it's like the dream body is like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Like it just keeps moving. The goalposts keep moving, you know, like with the leanest I've ever been was still not good enough. Even though objectively, if I had looked at the body before I started dieting, I would be like, this is incredible, do you know? But it's just never good enough. I know and I think that that's the part that like you know it's so detrimental because you do get to that point Michelle where it's like when is enough enough like I was the exact same like I died chronically dieted for a long long time and then I because I've kept putting on body fat after like these chronic diets I used to feel like a failure I was like I'm a failure I can't stick to this this is not good enough and then every time I go back dieting it would just get stricter and it would just be like you know I was masking a binge eating disorder through it like it was just a recipe for disaster at the time just out of pure fear that like of what other people were going to think of me or not being the lean one because like I identified as that that's the thing like identifying as you know the lean one or the one with the abs etc and then it was when I did a photo shoot prep oh my god get sick in my mouth like even when I say that word I have PTSD I'm just like oh my god um, <laughs> but doing I did a photo shoot for anyways and had a binge eating disorder which is lovely being coached through um a photo mm-hmm. shoot by having a binge eating disorder and my coach knowing that which was just it's a perfect circle, isn't it? perfect <laughs> like amazing thank you <laughs> and um yeah and then like you know getting to the end getting to the photo shoot and literally crying on that day because I think I'm fat like I'm like yeah. I can't stand in front of a camera because I'm fat and I just remember my coach after that so I moved on to a different coach thank god and I remember like going through everything kind of with him and like he helped me through everything like he yeah he helped me through everything and he basically asked me like a couple of months later he, he was like out of curiosity like how did you feel on the day of your photo shoot and I was like I felt fat and he was like whoa like you know to him he was doing like research on like you know um, eating disorders and like body image etc and he was like oh my god like because I was literally like I turned sideways and disappeared like as in I was mm-hmm. tiny so yeah it's just like the goalposts do keep moving enough is never enough until my body image was still so bad from chronically dieting because a lot of it is well it's got to do with how you feel and not how you look and when you feel like absolute shit in yourself because you're so preoccupied by food you have brain fog all the time you can't engage in conversations I I actually couldn't remember what laughing felt like until no. I actually laughed again <laughs> I was like yeah. I, I couldn't believe it like I was like I laughed and I was like like in shock at myself laughing because I was like oh like I laughed for the first time in like four years like this is 
And it is those things that you don't realise you're missing out on until you have them again. And how easily you get sucked into it. Like I did a photo shoot and I think I'm probably the only person that can say I had like a coach that considered body image and valued it. Like I worked with absolutely incredible. Um, but even when it came to the end of the photo shoot and I was like, I didn't really struggle with any body image issues, maybe a little bit of like extreme hunger, obviously, because I had been very hungry, but I had been warned by my coach about that. But even when it came to the end of it, I was like, OK, perfect. Like, I'm going to compete now in two weeks. Just I'm going to keep going because I'm leaning up. Yeah. I may as well keep going. And she was like, absolutely not if I'm your coach, do you know, but it's like it's so yeah. funny that you do all of this work and be prepared. But you still get sucked into this obsession with aesthetics, regardless yeah. of how like I don't think I could have had a better coach but again yeah. again it's just it's like chronic dieting and manipulating your physique and doing something solely for aesthetics you don't want yeah. to let it go yeah no 100 percent. and I think like letting go of that for me like a lot of people are like how did you do it like how did you let go of the control or how did you finally decide you know that like enough is enough and it just got to the point where it was ruining my life so much and my relationship with food was so in the bin like my bloating a chronic bloating stress all the time my hair was falling out I had no period like it was just so my food preoccupation was so horrendous and I had a binge eating disorder like it wouldn't have taken much more for me to be like okay Kate like something needs to change and even though it's so 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 terrifying it's like it was kind of like the thing I was damned if I did and I was damned if I didn't I was so Mm. sad in where I was I was like when I can't get any worse than this Mm. even if I do put on weight and I think that's the biggest thing it's like like when you were like letting go of the control around like you know dieting and like finally like leaning into the discomfort of like changing like was there anything like for me there was no like moment or like no like epiphany it was just like I need something that needs to change here and then it gradually changed from there definitely and I will say like most of the time at the, especially at the start I was like this is a load of shit like doing my little box breathing before <laughs> yeah. I put my phone down I was like this is fucking bullshit and then I was like there's no way this is doing anything I was like doing my little reflections and I was like this is a load of shit it's never going to work and I just kept doing it with like a raised eyebrow the whole time I was like okay but eventually it does work and it's not even a case of something just clicking it's just like I just wasn't fighting it so much anymore yeah and I'd say probably something that when people start working with me it's probably the same with you it's like the first month is just me begging them not to give up and keep going you know I know I know I like like yeah when you've had the comfort of disordered eating or dieting for so long it's you become very attached to that because also it's like you know how this ends like yeah you might hate yourself but you also have control over it like you have this fear of unknown or like even the fear of like for me it was very much like I had watched videos of people like doing this like all in thing to heal like their extreme hunger and I would watch all of those and be like that's great that she healed her extreme hunger but she's also gained weight do you know for me that was very much something that held me back it was like this fear of weight gain or even just because I was so firmly rooted in the belief that like weight was everything and shape was everything it's like I was so willing to sacrifice all other areas of my life for the sake of like knowing a number that realistically only I would know or care about yeah 
I know it actually is mad, Michelle, and it's it's scary the amount of people that do go through it. But like, so that whole idea of like gaining weight and like the fear of that, you know, was there anything in particular that like helped you, or were you just like, this just needs to be done, or this is needs to be the way it is, or? I stopped weighing myself because again, like I could tell you what like the ideal range for me was, and like as long as I had been like tracking since I was like 18 I knew what the ideal range for me was and the second I stepped outside of that it was like free for all it was binge eating it's your failure you may as well you're stuck here yeah. and anytime I would do something like that I would weigh myself because I had seen from like fitness things that you were supposed to like be accountable after you had like had a binge or something you were supposed to track everything and weigh everything in the hope that it would keep you accountable but it kind of just kept me prisoner because it was like again it was like the shame of like you've done this and you kind of have to say it and like absolve yourself so stopping weighing myself was a big thing and it was something that like I need to I like love control so for me to let go of that control was very very difficult so I started yeah. off maybe like every second day and um, like I remember <laughs> when I was in college and it was like after the first time I had my first I'm gonna say successful my fitness pal crash diet because like I became a rake so successful in that regard but like terrible for my relationship with yeah. food and like coming home after college and obviously like extreme hunger will eventually catch up with you when you've been eating like I'm six foot and I was eating 1200 calories and running for an hour every day for four months it was never gonna work so eventually obviously I, I couldn't suppress my appetite any longer and I remember coming home from college every day and seeing the scale go up and literally having this like panic like flooding my veins or like getting really upset and it's felt like the more I tried to control it, the further I lost control. Yeah. So and that kind of continued then. So the, I was just separating myself from that cycle was very, very difficult because I had always kind of intricately linked weight with control and how I was doing in life. Yes, absolutely. And like, it's so mad, but like, obviously the scales is triggering you so much and that emotional response was probably like creating the, ur the urge in you was probably just getting stronger and stronger and stronger to like binge or to like overeat, you know what I mean? Which is terrifying as well because you're like, you're trying to weigh yourself to stay in control because you're like, what do I weigh in order for me to stay in control? But that's the very thing that's probably spiking you to want to overeat or the drive in you to overeat like god forbid if it's like 0.5 over of what you're supposed <laughs> to be do you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. Just, oh my god yeah it's really and like I hope people listening that like are going through this will realize that like you're not alone in this like you're really not alone like I have a lot of people who come to me and they're like they, they feel like they can't there's so much shame and guilt attached to like the behaviors they're engaging in that they're like I can't like say this to you or like you'll think like weird and I'm like anything you've done like trust me honey like I've probably done <laughs> like do you know what I mean I like, always like but like some yeah. of my clients like <laughs> I kind of liken it to like do you know when you're, you're seeing someone and you're like this is like terrible and then after the relationship ends people tell you what it was actually like that's yeah. kind of like what good eating is and you're like it was terrible it was basically abuse <laughs> yeah introverts reality for sure yeah. like absolutely like it's so funny or even like I always say like if people go back down on my page holy god like I was just like a different person but I'm always going to keep that there because I'm like I if I can come from this change everything like so can you yeah it's, it's honestly wild but with the whole control thing like I found it so hard to let go like that of the disordered eating because it like 
for like you were saying with the comforting of it knowing how comforting it is in the sense of the control you have around every single inch of your food knowing that if you continue in that way you'll end up in a certain size and how comforting that is over like my fear was like I'm just going to eat all around me and keep eating until like I'm literally obese like that's what I thought like I was like because my hunger was so extreme it's really terrifying when you let go of that control because you're like I'm never going to stop eating like did you feel like that Michelle? hundred percent. Like it's absolutely wild to me. It's like I was struggling so bad mentally with my relationship with food. And my biggest concern was like that I would have to buy bigger clothes or like that I would succeed and get my life back, but also that I would be like aesthetically different. And I was also afraid of letting go of aesthetics, even though if you had asked me, I would have said I would have said that my body was disgusting and terrible. But I also didn't want to let go of the control that I felt I had over it. And yeah. it's something I think, especially for anyone trying to change it, is just to be patient with yourself and like acknowledge that it takes time to challenge mm. all of these behaviors. Like for me, it's like I had spent what ever since I was a teenager being really, really uncomfortable in my body. And that was never going to change overnight, especially given how attached I was to how I looked or how I felt a, a certain weight meant I was worthy as a person or not. Um, and I think it's just really, really important for people to realize it's like there is a certain point when you do this work I think for me it was kind of like you can't ever go back from this but in the best possible way it's like people are afraid that when they do this work that they'll just go back to their old ways or they'll go back to dieting and stuff and you might put that there's a bit of push and pull I think at the start of anything but eventually you hit the point where it's like you don't even think about that anymore because you know that your life is so much different now and you've like developed a personality or like hobbies or you're able to do more like I was literally so boring I was so insufferable and I actually get so embarrassed when I actually think about some of the stuff I used to do (laughs) give us one give us one oh I used to like bring like a resistance band everywhere and like I'd be up like on a girl's holiday like everyone else would be sleeping hung over and I'd be like no doing a few crab walks like so embarrassing or like Oh, always. Yeah. <laughs> literally having shares in Halo Top. Wouldn't touch. Wouldn't touch a Ben and Jerry's now. <laughs> Every single like I would say I nearly ended up like get like having to get a loan out because I would buy a Halo Top every single day. And, like my stomach was a bit. Like I would <laughs> live like I know whatever. It's like artificial sweeteners. You need to eat a lot for them to have an impact on your gut microbiome. But I'd say I probably hit that threshold daily. <laughs> Michelle, I was saying it like you know they're like fudge Greek yogurt to the zero percent like fudge one. So like I was like literally like could have taken out a mortgage trying to buy that one because it was so expensive. And then if anyone told me different, like my mom bought like the Aldi one, I'd be like, but like you honestly go off the handle like because you're you're such a short piece. I was like, please, at least give me that one. At least give me the one that's happened. Nice there. So embarrassing. Or I have um buy everything off my protein, like protein, anything like protein crisps, protein cheese. And I, I remember my mom was like, fucking protein crisps, really. And I was still like, yeah. <laughs> what are you saying? Yeah, God forbid, like anyone said anything. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so funny to like look back on, but like when you're in it, like it is so, so, so hard. And like, I just find like as well, 
like what you were saying, like even like if you want to go back after coaching, like body image coaching or like working on your relationship with food, you just won't. And I think it's so weird, Michelle, as well, that you say like you're probably so far removed from that person now. And like I definitely am as well. And sometimes I wonder, sometimes like I wonder, I like even last Saturday, I, I went out for breakfast with the girls and then so wild we, we have like a debrief every Saturday morning um like after run club or whatever and then we always go for breakfast and then one of the girls like hey like I really just want a drink we were, and then we were like it was raining outside and one of the girls was like oh it's a day for the high school or something like that because like obviously it doesn't rain that much here in Oz and um I was like she's like and I was like we can really get a drink and they were like yeah like will we and then we were like laughing thinking we were all taking the piss ended up in the pub anyways for a drink after a club like classic and then I'd also gotten a pastry because the place that we went for food like the pastries there are so good and I was like I'm gonna get a pastry to have like when I go home and like didn't think of any of this like at all and um, just that I had the best morning ever and like I was just making my tea having my pastry like on my own Maeve was Maeve was sitting down Maeve was with me but like she wasn't having anything and I was just like oh my god like it was just like it just hit me like it kind of hits you in waves at times where I'm like still like three four years on of having like a decent relationship with food my body I was like I can't believe that I just had food before run club went to run club had breakfast out got a pastry went to the pub now I didn't have I had a zero zero the girls had like an actual drink but still like I still had that and then got home and I was like oh my god I just did all that and I was still in awe that I did all of that without thinking but like I hope to anyone listening like if you are in the pits or like you really are struggling with your relationship with human body image you can get to that point because like I never thought in a million years like I, you always think you're the exception to the rule like I was like if anyone's the exception to the rule, I am. You genuinely do think that. But I never in a million years thought I'd get that point and I did. So, like, did you That's ever feel like that as well still, Michelle? 100%. The exact same yeah. thing happened to me last weekend. Yeah. I was in Manchester and we went out for dinner after and stuff after the event. Like, we had, like, a few drinks or whatever. And it's just, like, and I was just sitting there being, like, I can't believe, like, I don't even think about this or, like, I also and like one of the biggest things for me is like I know it doesn't have to upset me or me and I have to do anything different like tomorrow I'll just go back to my routine because like that's part of my life and I think for so long I like you I never ever ever thought I would be the person first of all that leaves food behind ever because again like I'm Irish family you know you sit down and you eat that like there's kids down (laughs) and then like coming from that extreme hunger where it's like I need to eat all of the stuff or this like bad food because this is the only day I can have it and I'll never be able to have it again to be able like I don't and like it probably sounds a bit mental unless you've ever struggled with your relationship with food but to just be normal and to sit down in front of like a quote-unquote like bad meal or like something that's not like chicken and veg and yeah. to have no like no voice telling you that you're fucked you it or to calculate the calories in your head or to just be able to be fucking quiet and enjoy something is yeah, a luxury that I never ever thought I would experience and yeah. something that I like just didn't believe was possible for me I thought I would yeah. always be the person 
mentally doing gymnastics trying to make this fit or how I was going to punish myself for after and it's something that makes all of it worth it yeah I absolutely agree like it's so funny how you're just so grateful for those small things like you said like last week I ordered I think it was like chicken goujons and chips from like a chipper down the road it's like the equivalent of a chipper didn't even think of it just got them had them and I was just like holy fuck like I can't believe I can do this like this is unreal and like it's like four years later and I feel like I literally like all that meditating was worth it (laughs) and that's the thing and like it's so funny like that like you know it's so funny Michelle that you say that about all like the meditation and things like that because it was the only thing that I hadn't done to help myself so like I had d- tried a lot of things when I was going through like improving my relationship with food and body image and the resistance was so large to like doing things like it just felt like I was moving mountains every time I was having a meal like that's what it felt like and then I was like oh I'll just try the meditation and the during and then the yoga and I was like Bleh. like and the reason why you feel like you have so much resistance towards it is because like that's every reason why you need it but I was yeah. just like that's a load of bollocks like that doesn't work like why am I writing down how I feel I fucking know how I feel I feel like shit like I hate myself because you've so much built up anger because like you've such a short fuse because you've no food in you that you're just like snap you'd snap at anything oh my god god forbid my boyfriend at the time like god help that boy's soul like oh it's god oh there's a reason why i was thinking for that entire time i don't think i would have reflected myself on anyone jesus christ (laughs) no i honestly don't know how he did it i don't know how he put up with me like i really don't and like i came out of the side but like he actually obviously helped me so much because he's such a good relationship with food so he actually really 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 helped me without even knowing but I actually remember leaving. I went, I actually left for like three months. It was kind of during lockdown when I was going through it all. And I went to Tenerife for three months. And because it was the only country on the green flag, on the green list or whatever for COVID, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I actually need to go and do this on my own because I was like, I can't be around anyone. Like when I was doing this, like that's how I felt because I was just like, not that you have to do that when you're improving your relationship with food, but I just, I, that's how I, I was like, I can actually get through this better if I'm on my own. I was obviously working with someone and I'd met friends and stuff over in Tenerife, but I just found it that bit easier. And then I was so afraid. I was like, oh my God, when I come home, like he's going to look at me so differently now because I had put on weight because I needed to, like I needed to put on weight. My biggest fear was like what he was going to think of me not, at the size that I was obviously other people as well I was so afraid of what other people were going to think because I was like not the girl's abs anymore and not the really lean one or like not the tiny one who was like literally withering away you know and I remember seeing him and like do you know when you know someone just is not looking at you different he did not give a shit what I looked like like he really like I could have wrapped up in a bin bag and I'd say he was like oh my god okay like you know what I mean and it just goes to show like and the same with like my family the same with all my friends like and they were genuinely not seeing me any different and I was like oh my god like what was I so worried about I think that's like the biggest thing that people Uh, that's actually something that's like really well documented in research 
when it comes to body image. So there's this theory of like, right. it's called the theory of self, self-objectification. So basically it's like we condition, especially as women, it's like we're conditioned to view ourselves through the lens of other people. Like we don't see ourselves as people. We see ourselves as how other people see us. So like if a woman leaves the house, she's not just going to the shop. It's like, what am I wearing? Is someone going to be looking at me? Are they going to think I'm X, Y, Z? And like, that can be really detrimental to your body image because obviously women aren't objects. They have feelings and emotions. But you become so disconnected from yourself as an actual human being. You just literally see yourself as a clothing size or a scale weight. And that's Mm. obviously not going to be conducive to health. But it's just really interesting that everyone kind of has that experience and just how well documented it is in body image research. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. And like now looking back, I'm like, well, of course, he didn't see me any differently. Like, it's not about what you, like it is. It's all about what's all in the inside. Like, it's not about what you physically <laughs> look like. It's what's in the inside. But it's true. It really is true. Like, your body is the least interesting thing about you. Like, it really is. And honestly, now, like, looking back, I'm just like, God, and you're probably the same, Michelle, but you just want to, like, hug that person and be like, it's going to be okay. Like, you're going to get through this. You're going to come out the other side. And, like, for me, I'm, I'd am say, I don't know, I haven't weighed myself in years, but I'd say I'm definitely about 25, 30 kg heavier than what I was. And I don't have abs, visible abs. I don't look near to what I look like or have x amount of muscle mass like I used to or whatever and that still took a long time to break down like I was still like you were saying like I was still like definitely training for aesthetics which there's nothing wrong with like there's absolutely nothing wrong with training for aesthetics or like what like wanting to look good there's nothing wrong with it just it's the intent behind it right like it's exactly and if like I always say that to my clients it's like you can train for aesthetics for sure but like that isn't the only reason or like the predominant reason because that's when you run into trouble like if you're training mostly for aesthetics if it's even if it's 60 40 you are putting yourself at risk there yeah yeah and like I don't think it's realistic for me to turn around to someone and say you should only ever train for performance because I still train partly for aesthetics and I'm also never going to tell anyone like how their body should look or that they can't want to change their body do you know 100 and like i think that's a lot of thing like things people fear like coming into coaches like us they're like they they think that we're the other extreme and it's absolutely not the case like there's nothing wrong with training for aesthetics and i did so for so long like up until even last year like was still training for aesthetics nothing wrong with that but like i just changed a performance-based goal because i just got bored like it wasn't like that i was like you know, I need to train to a performance-based goal now because I'm getting so obsessed with what I look like. It wasn't like that at all. And it's not to say that I won't go back and train for aesthetics like in the future, mm-hmm. like there's nothing, but it's once it's not solely for aesthetics, like it's not life or death if you don't have a Kim Kardashian or like, you know what I mean? Like I was like, I could be training for the rest of my life and I'll never get a Kim K Arson. It's like, what's the point in training for aesthetics? I'll never get it. <laughs> what's the point? What's the point? No, it's so true. But um, Michelle, before I leave you go, is there any like practical applications people can like start doing like right now for improving their body image? Um, I would say probably the biggest one and probably the easiest one to implement is writing down every day. Like I'll do it every day is I write down three things that I'm grateful for, be it about my body, that my body lets me do. Ideally, not aesthetic based, 
mostly throwing the odd aesthetics like if you get a half head of highlights I'm grateful for that you know yeah but it's not <laughs> everything or even like and then I'll also write down at the end of the day like the best thing that happened so you're kind of constantly looking for things to bring into your life that aren't necessarily aesthetics or you're always wondering what other people think of you or that kind of thing because basically the goal of body image is to make you think about your body less it's not that you can't ever think about your body but it's that you think about your body beyond what it looks like or what it can do in terms of aesthetics so like you basically like and it sounds counterintuitive that the goal of body image coaching is to make you think about your body less but in essence that's what you're trying to do you're trying to like broaden how you view your body because most of us when we think of body image or we think of our bodies it's just how do you how do we look or what are our measurements and I think the main thing for people to do is try and decide like what else can you bring into your life so for example if you're on social media and you struggle with comparing your body to other people I would say mute people or even just follow some other accounts that are nothing to do with fitness like whatever else you like to do because there has to be something else that you like like you're basically just bringing in more as opposed to constantly worrying about what you're doing wrong because when it comes to body image work I think when you by the time you come around but you're kind of afraid that you've been doing things wrong for so long or stuff that you've been doing is like damaging or unhelpful so just bring, giving yourself a bit more breathing space and like a broader feel to play with, I think is really, really important. Yeah, 100%. And like the gratitude thing, I'm pretty sure like there's decent research to back, like even just practicing gratitude for what your body looks like or, or for your body beyond its physical appearance is incredible. And that is something that I used to do as well, Michelle, every single day. I still do it now. But like throughout my like journey, it was something I did every single day. And that was definitely huge, huge, huge tool, like a massive tool, even though it sounds so small. But looking back, like that was such a huge tool that brought me to where I was because you're like, and I still do it to this day. I'm like, even like if I'm out running or I see people who are like buying things like that, that bit harder. Like there's one man in particular when I'm training and he's been training for like every single time I go to Centennial Park, that's where I train he's there and he has a prosthetic leg and we we just always have like a fleeting like encounter it's always like we always smile at each other and that's it because we're always like the only two there at like the crack of fucking dawn two psychopaths like there at the crack of fucking dawn in the morning David Goggins yeah no literally it's like we have that like little little spark in our eyes it's so funny I'm like yeah you're fucked in the head too yeah (laughs) it's brilliant and um yeah I just always think like what he would do to be in my position do you know what I mean and it's like things like that that make you really really realize or like if you're healthy like if you have a healthy functioning body it's like there's people who would literally die to have that and there's people in hospital that are and I know it, it sounds dark and stuff like that but it is true like it's like there's people that would give anything to be in your position and like yeah and if you just I've remind yourself of that three, yeah two years years ago now and like after I had my back surgery like I was afraid to move anything because I was afraid like I was in so much pain I was on so much painkillers couldn't keep anything couldn't keep any food down was literally in bits and it was again like I lost a load of weight before and I remember thinking like this is probably the leanest I've been in my life and I was like and I actually hate it like I would and it's so funny to me to have come that full circle it literally took back surgery for me to be like I actually don't care what I look like so long as 
I don't feel like this. Whereas before mm-hmm. I would have given my back for like to be to have that to physique, be was, yeah yeah and it's absolutely insane to me and it's just I think it, that's probably the take-home message is that like it's it, like it's probably one of the hardest things that you'll do but it's something that pays itself back 10 times over it's like one of the bravest things that you'll do is to prioritize your relationship with food in your body yeah I absolutely think so too it was probably the most terrifying thing that I've ever ever had to do in my life like it's it is terrifying and we understand that like as coaches we understand that you're coming in absolutely in fear of your life and that there is parts of you that you don't want to let go of it and that's okay and it does take time but if you persist with it and you do the woo-woo shit do the meditation mm-hmm. guys do the journey honestly even if you think it's not working it is it is i promise you it is the best decision you will ever ever make um michelle thank you so much for coming on and do you want to just like let people know where they can like maybe email you or get you on instagram and stuff like that yeah so the best place to get me is probably instagram that's kind of where i have the links to my coaching and my webinars that i run so that's michelle carroll one or else you can check out my website so that's michelle carroll fitness study brilliant oh my god thank you so much michelle for coming on Thank you for having me. This is so fun. No problem. It was so fun. No, it was so fun. I'm so excited for people to listen.